All right, hello and welcome to the very first episode of Big Red Says. My name is Big Red, I'm the host. Uh, this is the show where me and my friends, we say things into microphones and we talk to each other and we possibly yell and tell each other to fuck off. So uh, with me is my is my good friends, uh, Matt Schofield and uh, Becca Fenn. So hi, hi guys, how you doing? It's, it's a lovely, lovely Sunday. It's it, We're recording this on January 17th, in, uh, 2021. And the reason why I'm pointing it out is because Betty White turned 99 today. And we have 365 days to make sure that she stays safe. So we need to bubble wrap her and just keep her away from anybody else. I'm just saying. I want her to hit the triple digits. Um, so today we're here to talk about horror movies. It's a subject that especially Schofield and I literally have yelled at each other in front of everybody else that we work with um, about this subject. So um, whether it be... I don't know. Whatever you want to bring up, guys, is, is it's your time. So basically, the structure of the show goes like this. Everybody's going to get 20 minutes, and they're going to bring up a topic, and we're going to discuss it. Pretty much, that's, I mean, it's kind of simple, I hope. Uh, but to get us started, though, I have uh, brought with me the official uh, Big Red Says uh, Dial of Doom to figure out who's going to go uh, in what... <laughs> <laughs> you said you had this whole big thing about the order and I thought it was going to be like really exciting and, yeah, and no. it's just a paper plate. It's dumb as fuck. So yeah. very indicative of the budget we have for this podcast. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right. So to get us started, we're going to go. Boom. Oh, and the fucking thing fell off. <laughs> the paper clip just fell off and went behind the desk. So um, I think that means you go first, right? I, I think no, 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 no. Uh, so I'm going to use one of those hair clippy things my wife keeps around the house. So, Fantastic. all right. So it is Schofield. You are uh, going to be going first. Sweet. So uh, it's pretty much Schofield. Uh, what do you want us to discuss for the next 20 minutes? Ah, sure. Well, I mean, I think we, we can finally have the conversation that you and I have been dancing around forever, Jimmy. Oh, 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 <laughs> I, I already know what this is then. I, can I guess it? You can't. Go ahead. Uh, torture porn and how torture. much you hate it. It's true. I do hate it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not much of an aficionado on torture porn, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because I hate it. Um, you know, I've seen a few of the Saw films. I have seen some Eli Roth stuff as well. Um, so I kind of got a taste for it. There's a couple other really bad ones. I can't remember the name. There's that one, the Lindsay Lohan one that's just as terrible, which, which is awful. Is movie four? No, no, no. It's one where she's like in a chair and they use ice syrup to flush off her hand and she's like a twin or something. Oh, is it the, um, the one where she's a stripper or something? Yeah, that one. It's awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awful. I know who killed me. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Um, so the, the issue I have with torture porn is, first of all, it's really a reinvention of a genre of film that's been around for a long time. Uh, it was actually really in the 70s, right? With those exploitative kind of splatter films in the 70s. And the Italians did it better than we ever did anyway. Sure. With stuff like, like a lot of things. Like a lot of things, sure. <laughs> right? Like Cannibal Holocaust or um, another movie that isn't really well known and I recommend nobody ever watch, uh, Salo, which is 120 Days of Sodom. It's based on the work of the Marquis de Sade, of all people. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, it's basically these four people during World War II Italy um, basically go and kidnap about like, well, like 15 people, uh, kids really, like teenagers, and just proceed to rape and kill them all over 120 days. And it's just this like very long, drawn out thing. But the fact of the matter is, that is something I'm more in support of than like Saw. And this is why. Saw and those movies, right, we are supposed to, especially later in the film series, supposed to identify more with Jigsaw, right? And kind of use him as the protagonist of the film. So the torture itself is used to titillate us and is our enjoyment. And we are basically voyeurs during this entire thing, watching these people die rather needlessly, right? He has this whole philosophy, we're supposed to better people, but that never really seems to be the case. There's always another test for these people or his apprentices and just killing them and not actually following his philosophy anyway, which doesn't make a ton of sense. But Salo, right? as horrible and disturbing and disgusting as this film is, never gives us the impression that the torture going on is something we're supposed to be enjoying. That's not the point. The torture is there to disgust us. It is there to horrify us, um, really just to disturb us in very visceral ways. And it's not us basically laughing at people dying in these very elaborate, like Rube Goldberg, Tom and Jerry sort of things, right? Which is what Saw and all of these things are. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even you could call even like Last House on the Left, um, in like 1975, 1972, whatever it was, 
um, is also kind of torture porn, the whole beginning of that. But the same sort of thing, a lot of critics said, like, people would leave um, the theater. Critics wouldn't even watch the whole film because the whole beginning is just this glorification of the absolute horrific abuse perpetrated on these two women in the beginning of the film. And that's supposed to be very titillating, right? And then, like, that's there's no artistic value in that. And it becomes a revenge piece, obviously, in the, late, in the later portion of the film, right. right? And even to such a degree that film operators were cutting the film without actually even asking the film producers if that's what they wanted them to do because they refused to show certain scenes in that film, because of how disturbing it was. They just they just did not want to show it. They just did not understand why. Um, there are actually audience members who would steal the film, the reels themselves after the film, and then burn them because they were so upset about it. Oh, my God. It's just, it was a horrendous sort of thing. And even that I'm more in support of than Saw for the exact same reasons, because it's showing torture and rape and murder as not positive things, right? Um, you're going to have horror films where that kind of stuff is is funny, right? You have like, you know, like Nightmare Beyond, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street stuff, Friday the 13th, and that kind of stuff, because it does become slapstick, but it's not murder in a graphic or realistic way. It's obviously very over the top. Right. We're watching a world that is not our own. It's very much not our own. It's very clearly not our world. Right. So all the kind of our morality becomes subjective in watching these films. But Last House on the Left, right, even Saw to agree, especially the earlier films, is very much rooted in something that could happen. Saw One is a very realistic film and what could happen. I mean, it's not well shot. I have problems with the filmmaking. But like it's very realistic, right? These two people are in a room, they have to get out. There's a murder a mystery going on. Like, what's going on? It's not this elaborate, like, collar with shotgun shells and craziness that happens later in the films. It's really just two guys chained to a bathtub with a hacksaw, right? And then it's just kind of like this human drama sort of thing. I like that. That's interesting. You have a lot of films like that are very good. Cube is a great example of that. Um, I think there's a movie on Nivos called The Circle, which is basically people keep having to choose who dies like, every 10 minutes, oh, yeah. which yeah, is a great yeah. film, right? Uh, it's very torturous, but again, it's not this, like, it's never something that you're enjoying watching them die. You're enjoying watching them trying to struggle to figure out what the hell to do. It's a morality tale, mm. right? Which I, I like a lot, a lot better. So I just don't feel that torture porn in and of itself, that actual thing, torture porn, not splatter films like Salo and Last House on the Left, even to some degree, but these torture porn films, which we are supposed to get some sort of, you know, enjoyment or, or arousal, whatever you want to call it out of the actual torture have really any artistic merit. So that's, that's my, that's my whole stance on that. Yeah. Cause I mean, okay. So I love the saw films. I, don't I, I know you do. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'm jumping at the bit. So, all right. So, uh, yes, I, I do understand what you're saying about the, um, the whole. So there's definitely two different points of view on this one when it comes to the saw films. Uh, yes, as you said, there's a lot of people out there that think that just, you know, oh, let's just do a Rube Goldberg and kill a bunch of people in really, you know, fucked up ways. But at the same time, when you watch it and you really take in the story of, you know, uh, of Jigsaw and uh, all of his apprentices and everything. Um, yeah, there's one or two apprentices that do go off the rail and they go rogue. And, you know, Amanda, for instance, is not following the rules, as you find out in number three. And she ends up getting killed over it. And then you got uh, the detective who at first is following the rules, but then later ends up snapping and then going after people and, and doing it incorrectly. Uh, and But still making it look like it's jigsaw thing and then at the very end you find out that the doctor uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it yet but uh you know the, the doctor from the first film has actually been like the major apprentice who's been correctly following the rules throughout all the uh, the films um but at the same time i i watch it because i think that uh, and it's fucked up this is going to sound uh i think that like the the, the way that they they do this stuff is creative, like the way that they that they organize all like the the maze systems and the different you know like um, you know using like a, a carousel and a shotgun system, uh, you know uh, in one in in one system, uh, you know like, I don't know I find them interesting even though it sounds fucked up to say uh, and I think that it's creative the way that they that they come up with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time though, like for instance, like Hostel. The first hostel is actually based off of true stuff that, is, that has happened. Eli Roth actually started as making a documentary and ended up being, you know, uh, he got blocked so much going overseas to have film footage that he ended up just being like, okay, so I'm going to take what I've, I've already heard about this stuff and I'm going to go and I'm going to film a film about it, um, which 
the first one I think does definitely, you know, um, it's it's scary because it is realistic. It can happen. You've heard about stuff happening like this over the last, you know, 50, 60 years. But then I think like, you know, the second and the third were just basically made because it the first one made movie, that made money. Sure. Um, but the other thing is I am I am kind of glad that like the torture porn uh, subgenre like died off after like the Saw and the hostile films uh, were the successes that they were. I am looking forward to the next film though in the Saw series, uh, Spiral, uh, because that's going to be absolutely freaking amazing that Samuel Jackson and uh, uh, I almost said Kid Rock, Chris Rock are in uh, a film together. I know, Kid Rock just turned 50, by the way. <laughs> I mean, he just turned 50. Like what the hell? Why do you know uh, everyone's birthdays, Jimmy? Side note. <laughs> I'm one of those people that knows random birthdays from like looking online and stuff. Uh, but the Betty White one, I was literally, I found out like like somebody preemptively like three days ago on one of the groups I'm on on Facebook was like, happy birthday. And I'm like, no, I, then I checked and I'm like, oh, no, no, this is a couple of days off. So, um, well, yeah. Back checked it. But yeah, like I said, I, I like the soft films, but I, I see where you're coming from though. Like Last House on the Left, for instance, is a great example because of the fact that like that rape scene at the beginning goes on and this happens both in the original and the remake where it just goes on forever and it's just the most uncomfortable thing to sit in to sit during uh is it it just ugh. like that one really bugs me yeah um, I, I think that's like the key part for me is like how long it goes on and how many shots of it there are like at a certain point it doesn't serve the story anymore sometimes it's like having something really visceral does serve it. Like I trying to think of an example, like it's not torture porn, but like midsummer is pretty sanitized for like a good chunk of it. And then there's some really gory moments that are pretty quick, but like having those moments, like completely like shock you and take you out of like this headspace that you were in before. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, serve to make the villainous people like who you could start to feel kind of like, Oh, those are the good guys. You're like, Oh no, they're the bad guys. Okay. Like, You've, you've, <laughs> I still have to see that one. I know I'm, I'm behind on my movies. <laughs> it's it's yeah. great. I love Midsummer, but like that. I mean, I wouldn't call that torture porn, but like that's kind of like the line of where it sits with me. Because at a certain point, like I have ADHD, I don't want to sit through something that's not interesting to me. So like, if we're just like going through a big drawn out torture scene that's not like telling sure. me anything or like serving the plot, like what's the point? I did enjoy the first Saw movie, but like it was because there was that mystery you didn't know the shtick yet. And then as it went on, the series was very much just like, all right, what's the new wacky contraption that we can make? And that's kind of its own thing. Right. Yeah. Versus like, like you had these two guys trying to solve the mystery. And then like when you do find like, oh, there was a key at the very beginning and you're like, oh my God, it's like such exactly, a twist. Yeah. But then it's like, it kept doing those twists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it also like really required like you as the series went on they still like pinned it to that morality thing that like this was a good thing that he was doing for people or that he was somehow in an okay area maybe he wasn't the worst but like he was thinking he was doing good and it really just doesn't like it's never been a solid argument like maybe if what he was doing was like torturous but everybody always lived or like i don't know like what could his good intentions be of like torturing someone to that level and eat like if you don't survive getting your jaw ripped open then you don't deserve to live like you stole from a baby one time and now you don't deserve to live like it it's so flimsy if you think about it for any amount of time so it really requires you to just shut off your brain and then it's like nope. the entire point is just the spectacle and if you're not into gory things like what is that what are you getting out of it unless you're like oh look at the way they constructed that machine that ripped her jaw off like, right exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like i am um... jaws ripped off i love it so much yeah, I mean, there's well, no. I mean, to, to to that point too, like 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 Victor Crowley, right? The 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 the, the Hatchet films, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, I watched the first one, Jimmy. Let me borrow that one. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was a fine film. It was well made. Uh, I I didn't think it was a reinvention of of the slasher genre. Anything like that I thought it was you know good above average, but the kills were interesting, right? And from a technical standpoint, it's very interesting to watch like the special effects of that. Um, you know, like I remember. Um, I do a lot where I will watch a lot of like fight scenes in like very slow motion and kind of watch what's going on. Because the funniest thing is if you ever see a bad fight scene, oh yeah, you'll ever see the something in the background just doing nothing for a while, making it look like they're doing something, waiting for the actor to get in position because they're late. It's hilarious. Yep. Um, you want to see a really good one, even though I don't like the movie very much. The second Matrix film, the fight <laughs> on the stairs. Yep. Right. 
Watch it in slow motion and watch all of the Sunman, watch Keanu Reeves. There is never a dull moment in that fight. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. All of a sudden, know exactly what they're doing. It's a very technically well put together fight scene. Although the movie's not the best, we won't have to talk about that. That fight scene alone is great. Um, so to me, the torture porn films like Saw and stuff mm-hmm. eventually become kind of like the special effects laden films, like the summer blockbusters that you're watching for the effects, right? Not really for the story. So they're very much like popcorn movies. Yeah, they don't really yeah, have anything yeah. to say. Like a lot of other other horror movies that I really like, like you know, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead or Get Out, or I know Jimmy knows the Babadook. We'll talk about that some other time. But I think movies that actually have a bit more to say <sighs> on culture and humanity and whatnot. <laughs> you know, I always find um, it funny. Like I remember watching, I forget what film it was. We we're watching some movie with like a ten minute fight scene in it. My wife was just like asleep. She liked the film, but that fight scene just went on forever for her, and she was like, I just don't care. But mm-hmm. I remember we're watching the Sex in the City movie, her and I. And there's about an eight-minute montage of Sarah Jessica Parker like putting on different outfits, which mm-hmm. I'm bored to tears, and she's super excited about. It. I'm like, oh, this is your fight scene. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Right. So I think I think the the Saw films, to your point, Finn, are very similar. Where you're like, okay, this torch is still going on. God, I'm kind of grossed out by this, and I, this isn't doing anything for me. I'm not enjoying the technical aspect of it. It's not furthering the plot. Why are we still watching this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of kind of the point I have with those. If they're not doing anything for the story, then all it is is just me watching these elaborate traps killing people mm-hmm. and that's it and I, I just don't see any i mean I, I know you enjoy them jimmy that's totally fine i don't i don't hate you for enjoying them well, i just don't think for other reasons. Say, right <laughs> i hate you for other reasons yeah we'll, we'll talk oh, again yeah. we'll have a whole episode about why i hate you later exactly. uh, but i just don't think there's really anything overly worthwhile about that subgenre in mm-hmm. general okay. kind of well I, I did agree like some of the other ones that came out and and i was trying to figure out what like before the episode, I was trying to think about because I knew you were going to bring this up. Uh, I was trying to think of other ones that weren't Hostler Saw, and honestly, like the other ones that came out in that time frame between like what was it, like two thousand three or four to yeah. like maybe two thousand eleven or twelve. Well, Saw was what two thousand four. I think so, yeah, because uh, I think I graduated high school when it came out. I think, um, and so the other films that that like are considered like the torture porn, basically like fell off uh, the, the face of the earth. Like nobody yeah. really remembers any of those at that point. Uh, other than I, mean, those. I have to say, I think the best the best films I've ever seen that are scary mm-hmm. are ones that don't actually have to rely on that kind of stuff to scare, scare the hell out of you. Well, yeah, Jaws is a great example of that. Jaws is a great example. Um, the Orphanage by Del Toro mm-hmm. is still one of my favorites because there's one scene that's very quick that's kind of gory and that's it. And the movie is freaking terrifying. Right. I mean, I The Sixth that. Sense is another great one. There's like, right. there's like, there's, I think what a vomit scene or something like that, and I think there's no other gore other than yeah. uh, other than oh, was it um, Donnie Wahlberg in his, his like messed out state, you know, with the blood on him uh, at the beginning and the end. Other than that, there's no gore in the thing, but it's suspenseful and scary as fuck. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it gets very gory. Hereditary gets very gory. Oh, yeah. But yeah. there are points where there's not any gore, and it's just terrifying. Oh yeah, like it's just the- this, like sense of dread the entire yeah. Film. The threat of like the mm-hmm. violence and like the spectacle is kind it's of so much worse. Yeah. yeah, and I think like in like current day with a little bit more lax like uh, ratings and also just like much more advanced CG stuff, we lean on those a little bit more maybe than we would have in the past. Like maybe those directors who did those other films would have done that more if they had it as mm. an option, but because they didn't, they had to get a little bit more creative. And like I think it shows that that works. So it's like more that it's like the seasoning like the special sauce you put on top like occasionally you get a movie where it's like there's a killer and like it's an artistry you know like like if that's the reason behind it like they have a certain reason and you gleam something from like the way that they kill like Mm -hmm. that is a little bit more reasonable with saw like they threw that out immediately but like have you ever seen um i think it's like collector or the collection yes yes that's like another one that kind of reminds me of that where like it's the same sort of thing he just like takes a house he booby traps it they're like it way over the top kills like there's one Mm -hmm. where he goes into like a nightclub and like gets like a harvester combine and just like goes through a crowd of people it's it's over (laughs) the top but like you do like they never make any like attempts to be like this is a morality kill it's just like a guy who's weird and he has like a weird thing about like spiders and stuff and some of the ways that he kills are like the same sort of way of like he's this weird predator and like trying to understand like an animal like a spider like a creature as opposed to like I'm doing this because you uh, cheated on your wife. Um, right. Like sometimes those are a little bit more interesting to me. Like and I, I could justify having more violence in those, but like otherwise, uh, yeah, just let keep me on the edge of my seat for like the majority of it, and then occasionally surprise me with like some gore. 
By the way, uh, interesting fact about the uh, collect the first one is that it they actually the writers of the film actually pitched it to Lionsgate and were like, we want the we, we think that this would be a great um, prequel to Saw. And they rejected it, but they were like, but we really love your script though. Just change a little <laughs> bit. Don't make Jigsaw involved in it. And then we're gonna turn into this film. And then it, I, I agree, I love those two films. It, but j- again, just because they're just kind of, he's just fucked up a minute and a half, by the way. Uh, but yeah, the guy's just fucked up. And I, I, so I think it's also great because you never, as far as I remember, you never find out who he is. So there's a complete mystery still at the end of the second film as to who this guy is. But you do get to see like his base of operations and that kind of like opened things up to like, oh no, you're a whole new level of weird. Like, you're, oh, like yeah. making yes. experiments and stuff. And like that made it even further. Like if they had tried to connect that and like make him Jigsaw as a prequel, that would have completely ruined all the other Saw movies too. Cause it's like, sure. well, no, you're not like a, a morality person. Like, you're clearly just fucked up and you're using this to justify it. Um, I think I'm gonna yeah. use your tagline here, Fen, to finish this up. Saw, you stole from a video one time. <laughs> <laughs> and now you die. And now you die. <laughs> and now, and now your life is determined whether you can survive having your jaw ripped in half because of that baby. Fair and balanced. Whatever it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that should be the tagline for Spiral. Spiral. One time you stole from a baby. <laughs> hey, mate, you never know. <laughs> I mean, it depends. What did you steal from the baby, though? I, it's life. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one you could die. That's a little different. That's a little yeah. different. Yeah, throw the person into the into the saw trap right then and there. If, if yeah, the right. person steals the baby's life, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fifteen seconds left. Anything else? Anybody wants to say about this topic? I said my piece. I think we're good. Okay. Cool. All right. So, uh, so I guess we're gonna try. I want to try spinning the the thing about Bob again, and hopefully not lose it. So here we go. I didn't even flip a coin. There's only two of you. All right, so I'm, it's pointing towards Becca. It's like right on the line. It's like, so well, we're going to go Becca. It's like a very scientific system. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's the, most, it's the most technology. I mean, I, I totally tested it right before we started the episode, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it went off without a hitch. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. No pressure. Um, no pressure. Yeah, my topic, I mean, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk with you guys. Obviously, you guys talk way more like that being an ongoing uh, d- a debate that you two had is interesting. And so I was also, I feel like I'm a little bit like slightly removed from your like generation of movies. Cause I was a nineties kid. So like, I wasn't, I've never really got into like slasher, like serial ones. I Freddie versus Jason, all that stuff, like was never my jam I'm very much more into like atmospheric and one-off stuff. Um, so like, I was like, what should I subject you guys to in my weird taste? Since <laughs> I don't know, I, what haven't you guys talked about before? Sure. Um, and so I have I, my two favorite sort of genres are atmospheric spooky stuff and then found footage. Um, so I figured we could maybe like just talk about both. But found footage, I'll just like talk about quickly because I, I don't know if there'll be much debate here, but like it's my favorite because it's like the, the type of horror that is most genuine like I could stumble across it in real life sort of a thing like I, it fully immerses me um like some of the scariest real life stuff that I've seen has been stuff where I've just like been on the wrong part of the internet and I'm like oh shit like you Ooh. find a weird video so like that's the same sort of thing with found footage like you feel like you're stumbling across someone's like video diary um there are some like contrivances with found footage, which don't bother me, but like sometimes talking to people, they find it a little bit cheesy. Like the fact that there always has to be a reason for someone videotaping um, can sometimes get a little silly. Like a lot of times it's like oh, a documentary or like, oh, we're going on spring break and one friend just videotapes everything. And there's certain points where you kind of like step back and you're like, why would they have a camera right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if that's ever bu- bugged you guys, but like sometimes also they'll do like the mock found footage where there'll be shaky cam but every single character on the cast is on screen. So it's like, who is videotaping right now? Mm-hmm. That also doesn't bother me at all. But like, I know it does for some people. I I guess I, I'm curious for you guys, like, are you into found footage or is there anything like that where you're just like, eh, it's, it doesn't quite sell it for me. I'm actually waiting for Schofield's answer on this one. I, I have no problem with found footage um, oh. stuff. Um, I thought the best one, honestly, for me for found footage, because it had believability, um, at least in the first one was the first paranormal activity. Ooh, right because it just makes sense like they explain it very well in the film why are there cameras everywhere and they explain it and that's actually the whole point of the movie as that there are cameras everywhere uh which makes a lot of sense 
I also don't mind kind of suspending my disbelief that everyone's just filming something all the goddamn time, mm -hmm. uh, right? Because the thing is, <clears throat> any horror film nowadays, we have to have that obligatory scene where my cell phone doesn't work, right? Sure. Oops, yeah. Is, oh. I call the police, but the response time is like nine minutes or whatever, right? Yeah. There are certain contrivances you have to make in any film, right? Or... Uh, what's it like uh, 500 days of summer or whatever it was with Joseph Gordon-Levitt they meet each other and they fall in love in two days just go with it right <laughs> you just kind of have to like understand that this is kind of what the movie's trying to tell you right. that yeah. to, to enjoy the movie you're going to have to swallow this little hook right this bait and then kind of okay you've swallowed that now enjoy the rest of the film so I don't have any real issue with that with, with found footage stuff mm -hmm. um, my only issue is when they really lean on the found footage like being the stare mm-hmm Right, it's kind of weird to me. I don't like as much, uh, but I do think there's some really clever stuff you can do camera-wise. Like Blair Witch, I thought was great when I first saw it. A because you kind of didn't know if it was real or not the first time you saw it, because they did a good job of the marketing. But even beyond that, you are very limited in your scope of vision. But you're all, you're watching this. There's no <laughs> peripheral, right? You're kind of you're very you're very determined to see what the character is seeing, and that's it. Which can be scary because something happens over here. And they choose, turn, they choose to go this way and run away from the thing. You don't know what it was. Yeah. Right? But in a horror film, you have this wide, you know, like you're on like those like still like the you know, steady can, you got the wide screen. You can see everything, right? So it's kind of then it's more of like a camera trick that the, the director has to make as opposed to like you just being invested in the character running away from what was scaring them. So I think there's some clever stuff you can do with found footage. Okay. I mean, now, granted, I haven't seen a ton of found footage stuff. But the most of the stuff I've seen, I enjoy it. I think that they did a good job of it. I think there's also like to the point of like you not seeing the scare because they choose to turn the camera. When it's like I'm tr believing some amateur is holding the camera, I'm like constantly scanning the frame because like realistically it could be someone here and they're just a dumbass and not like like it's too shaky for it to really pick up. And like if I look hard enough, you like in a lot of these you can see like weird little stuff in the background. There's that contrivance though of like the first like two thirds of most found footage movies, there's very little. Cause like, it's all just like bait and switch kind of like spooky ambiance. They're really building up. But I, sometimes that gets old. Like paranormal activity is like the first one was great. Cause it was the first one, but after every single one, when it does that same thing, you're like, Jesus Christ, I can just skip the first half of the movie. <laughs> there's very particular like camera tricks that people do that my wife's always like, how'd you know that was coming? I said, well, if I'm like this on camera. Mm, yeah. Why am I like this? I'm yeah. here, I'm supposed to be here, but I'm over here. That means the scare's coming from over here. Sure. Because why, why are we looking at this negative space, right? So there's like a lot of camera tricks people, like that's a really obvious one, but there's a lot of camera tricks that people do because it's a filmmaking thing. But when found footage, most of that, if the, if the found footage is good, goes right out the window. Because yeah. it's supposed to look amateurish. So it, it, you're right, you scan it like, where the hell is it coming from? Because there's no trick that I can kind of tell because I've seen 9,000 of these. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely a good medium. So for me, I've seen a lot of found footage. I, I honestly, it's not a, it's not a genre that I seek out. But I, if it looks like it's going to be really good, then I'll see it. Um, I'd have to say definitely like the first two VHSs were really good, and I thought mm. that they had a really good uh, premise as to why they found the videos. Number three was a pile of shit, but I'm looking forward to number four. Um, number three, I don't know. It just kind of lost that. It lost the magic that the first two had. Um, and then for me, I'd have to really, definitely say I agree. The first Blair Witch, not any of the, the sequel or the 2016 one. I, I don't even want to see that one. Uh, but Blair Witch was a really good one. I'd have to say probably one of the best I saw was uh, Above So Below. I don't know if either of you guys. Oh, are... yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah we've talked about that, that before. One, yeah. So that one, my wife and I are in the theater watching it. And we ended up being late. And it was actually, it was opening weekend. So it ended up being pretty packed. And so we ended up in the first row. And there's a scene in that one where the camera operator gets stuck. Like literally, like they have to crawl through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gets stuck. And then one of the other people grabbed the camera and they're pulling at him. And it was the only time I've ever felt like things were going wrong for me. Like I actually was it it was drawn on to a point where I started to physically start to feel like, okay, I'm starting to get claustrophobic. Like I was within I was probably within 10 seconds of looking at my wife and being like, I, I'll be right back. Like I need to leave the theater. Um, and then the scene ended, but I still had that lingering, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, like we're in a tight, like I've never felt really claustrophobic in real, like in, in real life. 
other than like a like a certain situation like if i got a pig piled on or something like that but like that was a strong fucking feeling that i've never felt in any other way um so that one is definitely one of my, my one of my favorites uh another one is the gallows the gallows 2 was a pile of shit um, oh, yeah. But the first one was really, really, I mean, it's got a really low rating on Rotten Tomatoes and people don't like it. I don't know why. I think it's fantastic. Um, I actually went through a little list. Uh, Afflicted is a good one. Paranormal Activity is a great one. Quarantine. Uh, Troll Hunter. I have to advise you all. You have to watch this movie called Troll Hunter. It is part Troll comedy. Is good, part yeah. and it's so, it's so good. So good. It's, it should not make you, it should be considered a shitty film. At first, you're kind of like going, I, I was looking at my friend and my wife when they were showing me this, and I literally was like, why am I watching this? This looks like a pile of shit. And then all of a sudden, like, you saw the CGI of, of like, a couple of things, and I'm like, that's really shitty. But for some reason, the thing it sucked works. me in. It yeah. worked somehow, and I yeah. don't know why. Like, there should be no reason why this movie is so good, but it's fucking fantastic, and I love this movie. <laughs> um, and then another one would be uh, the Unfriended films. Uh, what we do in the Unfriended channel? was... Unfriended for me got old because it was literally this, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was one like of the first two ones hours. I'm like, there's no, there's no dy dynamic motion. Mm -hmm. There's no scene change. It's just it's me standing on a computer screen for two hours. I'm like, I do that every day at work. Yeah, <laughs> do this for a movie. But that was a cool idea, but I'm like, it's uh, it would have been good for like a. I don't know, like a, a, a creep show episode for like forty five minutes, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah, hour, as there was a two hour. A, a movie that was made, I can't remember. It was over like the past year, so it was filmed entirely like quarantined. Searching, Searching. was it was Michael Cho? Oh. No, no, no. Oh. That one, that one was like a huge thing where they made their own propriety like uh, software to like film yep. it, and it took years to actually edit. That one was like more artistic. This one was like entirely done like how we are right now uh, intentionally because like none of the actors could get together. It's like a group that gets together for like a digital seance kind of like fun thing like your work hires people to like entertain you sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's believable in that way because we're all doing that right now. Like if you want to have a party, you get like a magician that comes and does it over Zoom. Yeah. Um, but they, I think it's like 55 minutes. It's a really short film but like it works for this i mean it could have yeah. I, I thought it was well executed and could have been longer but like mm -hmm. it if that was kind of like what was holding you up like kind of the visual stagnantness of having it be a screen that one might be a good one to check out i'll have to look up what the actual name is i forget what yeah. it is because yeah, um, that sounds like a good length to me yeah yeah uh, 10 minutes by the way we're halfway through um, okay but really quick, i gotta say the last two i gotta point out is uh i i don't know if you really consider this one found footage but uh, uh what we do in the shadows I mean, they're oh, like a mockumentary. I yeah, like those yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, more of a mockumentary than a film. Yeah, but yeah. And then I will say, um, so uh, you know, um, so above, so below, and um, that got me claustrophobic as hell. I'm mildly, mildly claustrophobic anyway. So like, I had hard time getting through that one. I had really hard time getting through the descent because of that too. I was oh, gonna bring that up. Yeah, I forgot about that one. This yeah, is so good. That really, triggered like a, a really fear good, of caves was, in me. I have a problem with with cluster. I have a problem with water too. So they sent both. I'm just like, oh my god! Yeah, no, you. Oh, oh wow! I, I had a hard time getting to that one. Yeah, tried that one. Yeah, but like going back to like me finding stuff on the internet, like creepy pasta and things like that. There's an old one about a guy that went caving, and every time he'd come back, he would like share photos of him going caving. And I don't think it was real. It was creepy pasta. But like, <laughs> yeah, eventually he stops posting because he keeps going back to this one like creepy place, and you have to go through a really skinny like tube of a thing to go through, and just like. Yeah, just the idea of getting trapped there. It was like nothing but like little pictures of like dark caves and stuff. It shouldn't have made me scared, but like the fact that it felt like it could be real, like I was reading someone's online diary, like made it worse. Which um, creepy pastas do like that because that's kind of a, a found footage sort of uh, genre as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. it's like my friend is giving me this story as opposed to like me watching a perfectly filmed thing. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Um, as be above, so below. That one also has like a part where that same poor guy that got trapped, he falls down like a well and oh, I'm afraid yeah. of heights. That one also got me, but like his arc just in general really freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He like keeps seeing a creepy woman too, like the creepiest woman, like, because yep. he's the cameraman and uh, that poor guy. Oh, I know. Uh, but it's a good movie. I'll come back to that one. <laughs> oh, and the last one I want to bring up is uh, the, the, the Visit, which was really, really good. Is that the one of the grandparents? Yeah. Was that that footage? Like, oh, I think I'm thinking of a different one. No, I think I think we're thinking of the Shyamalan one, the visit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, is that not, that's not really found footage though, is it? 
Yeah, no, the the the, the brother is recording the whole thing on his camera. It was so well filmed, I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the theaters once, it was kind of like, eh, about it. I thought it was fine, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch it again. Yeah, the, the shovel on, right? Where the grandparents aren't the grandparents, they're... Spoiler alert, damn. Yeah. Been out I mean, that's the conceit, yeah. Are they, aren't they? I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know, I didn't see that twist coming. I, oh. I mean, it was a little bit different than I expected, but like, you know, like, it's gotta be something with the, the, the whole... Yeah. Oh yeah, but, I, but with him, I thought it was gonna be like, not, I, I was kind of, while I was watching the first time, I was sitting there going, okay, so he's already done aliens, he's already done people that are dead, he's already done a, um, was it the village thing where, you know, they're living in the alternate, you know, or they're living in this year, but they think they're living back, back in the past. So I was kind of racking my brain about like, what could they possibly be? And honestly, the most simple thing was that this couple murdered their actual grandparents and then replaced them. And then they didn't know this. Like, yeah. like I was, I, my mind was absolutely blown to that one. Talking about swallowing a couple of hooks on that one too, to kind of the contrivance. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, to make, just spend your disbelief on that film. But I, I thought it was a fine film. I didn't think it was good. Uh, I thought it was all right, that one. You are such a snob. <laughs> There's I'm, a, I'm always talking about two things, Jimmy: beer and movies. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the two things we talk about all fucking day. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's one other found footage series that people always forget is found footage, but it's really good. Uh, Creep. Have you guys seen that? Oh, no. oh my god, you guys need to see it. Like that's a that one is crazy. Okay. It, it's not my favorite, but not for any good reason beyond just like it, there's awkwardness to it and i get secondhand embarrassment really bad uh and i can't yeah. handle it <laughs> but like it's it's so perfectly executed the the conceit is that the guy who's filming found was going on craigslist and the guy was like hey i've got cancer and i want to film make a video for my son so when he grows up and i'm dead he can watch this video and whatever um so like realistic in that way and it's just it gets creepier and creepier um and then there's also a, a sequel to it and you I won't say anything more than that, but they're like incredible films. Like it's it's scary in a different way than a lot of other found footage. It doesn't do that sort of like, oh, when's the jump scare going to happen? I'm in a dark room. It's like just entirely on the performance of this main actor that you're like following around. It's great. Okay, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Damn. For a horror film, that's a, that's huge, especially found footage. Yeah. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's a good transition to your next there topic. Mm. It's very much a sustained spooky dread feeling. Yes. I don't know if I want to like jump ship now, knowing that I have like a limited, like what, like four minutes left? Four minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> I think we should just continue to milk this one. Cause like I could talk for days about uh, my next like other genre and Which have like a really deep. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, well, say what, what, what films have we seen that uh, we don't consider good? Uh, uh, found footage because honestly, I gotta say, I don't like Cannibal Holocaust. There's multiple reasons why I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that's a nice bridge of both our conversations. That's found footage and torture porn, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the biggest reason is because of the fact that, like, um, they, they kill a turtle on screen. Ways to, well, first of all, they're killing real animals, and they really went out of their way to make sure that you thought that this was a real film. And I honestly, I'm kind of yeah. like, they uh, they arrested, they arrested the director. Yeah, and they had to make they had to make sure that the the woman that was on the um the the spike oh, they actually had to wrong? find her and make her yep. show up in court in a different country to make mm -hmm. sure that like this person wasn't going to be found uh, guilty. Yeah. and the problem was this was a woman who flew to Italy to film this. Yeah, she filmed it and then was like, all right, fine, and flew back to California and was just like no name actress. So they had a really hard time tracking her down. Yeah, because before so this went on. Go to jail for, for that. It was, I think it was a couple of months. This guy was languishing in court cases failing to produce the actress and they literally thought you murdered this woman on screen. Yeah. And then just I buried it. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. a, it is a really weird movie. I do want really want to watch um, uh, Joe Bob Briggs does the, the drive-ins on shutter. Oh, I think we just, oh, okay. right? he does want a cannibal Holocaust and he actually released one where it's just his commentary without actually watching the film. Oh, okay. Which I actually might watch. Cause I've never seen Hannibal Holocaust. I probably will never watch cannibal Holocaust. Mm. It's one of those films like Salo where like I get what they're trying to do and I appreciate what they're trying to do to some degree, but I'm like I don't think I'm ever going to really watch the full film because I don't think I'm going to be able to sit through it. But I think watching this commentary would be interesting on that if one. There was a way to edit the film so that you take out the actual like, you know, 
uh, animal murder, then maybe you can watch it. I can. I, I don't know. For prolonged scenes of, of raping and murdering a girl, I don't think I'm going to be able to see yeah, it. Yeah, I forgot that that happened too. So I saw it when I was like uh, 2021. It was, I found it on, online and I watched it, not realizing that like the animals were really going to be killed and that this was really that fucked up. Like I was just, it was one of those like, oh, I heard about this movie because, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's really fucked up. So um, I was like, oh, let's watch this. And now I'm like, <laughs> no, never again. It's been 16 years and I'll never do it again. So yeah, no. Speaking yeah, of, I also have, guys, that. have you guys ever seen Galaxy of Terror? No. No. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about a really disturbing scene, go watch Galaxy of Terror. I don't know if I want to. It just yeah. has one scene that's disturbing somewhere. Yeah, anyway. I mean, the, there's one. There's one scene that's really pretty ridiculous to me. Um, there's a there's a scene where basically the whole the whole thing is the planet like gives people's real fears like real substance and then they die to them, oh, right? Okay. So there's a woman who's afraid. I forget specifically what she's afraid of, but she's mostly afraid of like worms and stuff. So oh, she God, no. she um, basically what ends up happening is she sees a bunch of like maggots and then her fears kick in and one of the maggots grows to giant size and rapes her to death Ew. i don't need to see this movie anymore yeah, it's thank, it's, thank it is a, it's a ridiculously weird goddamn scene it's one of those things i wish i could pluck out of my brain because like, i wish that wasn't in there sometimes because it I, is ridiculous i was going to ask you if it had anything to do with space vaginas like you showed me on shutter but um <laughs> that yeah. was far this, this description was far worse by the way you have a minute left now is there anything else we want to say about found footage where could I go from space vaginas? What <laughs> uh, was the name of that thing that we watched? Blood Machines. Blood Machines. Oh, yeah. It, it that one was crazy. Experience. <laughs> uh, just, it's an experience. It, you just have to watch it. It's like maybe an hour long in total. It's three parts or four parts or something like that. Yeah, just, just great watch music. it. Really yeah, great awesome music. music. Uh, kind of has a hard time sticking the landing, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of nudity. Oh, um, <laughs> managers uh over over uh the internet like over the streaming service and i was kind of sitting there going i know this is off of work hours but holy shit this is getting a little bad <laughs> yeah thank goodness we have a chill oh. place <laughs> true. true yes no thank god all right 10 yeah. seconds left anybody else want to say anything else thank you for coming to my ted talk there <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so I don't think I have to spin it, but eh, whatever. Uh, all right, so I'm going to start my time with boom. Why does there have to be so much nudity in horror films? Thank like, you. Why? I was trying to get you to like do that when I said my line earlier. <laughs> 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 I was like, here's a way you can jump off of this. Yeah. Just jump off my, my, my mega rape scene to neuter there, Jimmy. That's yes, <laughs> <That's what laughs> but, no, uh, but honestly, like, I, I get. I get like um, if there's a shower scene, for instance, and one of the main characters is in there and they're getting attacked. Like like the beginning of um, like Jack Frost. I know it's a comedy horror film, but still, at least that scene makes sense. But like, if you've got somebody tied up, do they have to be naked? Do they have, like, like, like there's, just, and the amount of female nudity, I think is absolutely ridiculous. Like, wow. I, I, first of all, I think that if there's going to be that much female nudity, then just, just make that much male nudity. I, I don't like, like make it Quality. equal, first of all, exactly. <laughs> like, like make it equal. But, but the other thing is that like the amount of just nudity, just to be able to say, Hey, there's tits in this movie is absolutely ridiculous. Especially, especially when you go and look at the eighties and the nineties, like there was just, so much nudity. There was like, like you look back at this, you're kind of sitting there going, why, what made them think that this was a good idea? Like, why does this woman have to be naked running through the forest as she's being, you know, stalked by Jason, for instance, or something? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I've never really truly understood, even I'm, I'm almost 36. I still look at these films and I'm still kind of like, why? Why did there have to be that much nudity in these films? Um, but like, and even if it's like, um, like for instance, like you know, I, I know rape has come up like a million times during this. Uh, this is the rape episode, and I didn't mean it to be, but um, don't give but me yeah, that like, subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, episode one of the rape episode. Um, that is terrible. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, but <laughs> so, I, I am unsubscribed from this podcast immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to subscribe first. Uh, so, um, but no, I even like during a rape scene, for instance, like. Like, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, first of all, I feel as the rape scenes, like, every once in a while, it's, like we said earlier, it kind of almost serves a purpose to, to like, the storyline. But, like, 
a lot of the times you're seeing these film, you know, these scenes, and again, they're just unnecessary to me. Um, so, like, I don't know, like, what's your guys' thoughts on, on the amount of nudity you nudity you've seen in horror films? I have thoughts. Go for it. Um, there's a few different things. So, like, <laughs> in one way, if you think about what horror is, like, it's like it gets the blood pumping. It's like seeing something taboo. It's shocking. Uh, and so in that way, like seeing nudity is in a similar vein. So like, it kind of makes sense that they would also try to throw that in. I also secretly think that a lot of directors, if given complete freedom, like for some reason, they just always want to have nudity in it. Like it's the fact that they can't do it in a lower rated movie. Like the, if they're able to, like they want to, like it's seen as art. Cause you know, they're not being restricted at all, even aside from horror stuff. Um, right. but like you can also look at it from the perspective of like what scares people. So like being completely like nude is defenseless, you know, like yeah. there's no protection at all. Something that's like getting thrown into a pit of needles would suck, you know, if you were wearing clothes, but it would suck way more if you weren't wearing clothes, like stuff like that. But I think more realistically, especially when it's like much more heavily skewed towards like women nudity, uh, it goes into a little bit of like a power fantasy and like voyeurism so like in that way it's like which audience is this trying to excite and if seeing a naked woman excites you in addition to like seeing a little bit of violence like there's that and then also like in the case of like a rape fantasy like that's also putting like a man in a position of power so like even if you would never do that like the point of horror is to kind of see stuff that's not real to kind of deal with it in a safe way and still get some exciting out of it yeah mm -hmm. so like I, I feel like that's why this genre is an area where you see a lot more of that sort of thing because it's just like that's the point of it is to like get your blood pumping um that's why i don't think it's like the equal making it quite equal wouldn't quite be the same unless you're targeting your movie towards women which i don't think horror really is usually yeah unfortunately. Well, that also goes to the whole like the cult concept of the male gaze as well right mm -hmm. um like you're saying, like horror films are generally considered to be much more of a male-centric audience, right? right? And that's how, like, video games, we knew it was going to come up eventually. Video games were that way for a while as well, which is why, like, the new Mortal Kombat, and people were really angry about, like, some of the costume choices for the characters or the character designs because they weren't nearly as overly sexual as they were in, like, Mortal Kombat, whatever. Right. Because they're realizing, hey, there's a lot more female gamers out there than there used to be. Yeah. Right. And they're not really overly happy with, you know, Katana walking around with her breasts out the entire time. It just looks ridiculous. Well, they also um, made the, the breast sizes smaller in yeah, the last two, which is good too. The um, last two were ridiculous. It was. But to your point, Finn, and kind of what you were saying, the shower scene, uh, Jimmy, it also makes sense. Like Psycho, right? Right. When she gets killed in the shower, she is, there's a reason why she's in the shower and why that's scary is because she's at her most vulnerable state. She can't really see. Yep. She's behind the curtain and she's naked. There's nothing around to defend herself with, so she gets killed. That makes perfect sense. They didn't also, show like it. everyone is like afraid of the shower curtain. Yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You're you're more more like I'm yeah. I'm a slippery space. I can't see. Like I, how am I gonna defend myself? Someone just cuz at me. Like I'm totally defenseless. Yeah, excuse me. Shampoo in his eyes all the time. All the time, right? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta shampoo this somehow. Um, mm. right? So I totally get that. Like, as for the nudity itself, I think a lot of it in the the 80s and 90s for me was kind of the hilarity on the whole morality tale. Mm. Right? It's the virgin that lives. Sure. As soon as Billy and Judy go off to have sex and, and Judy's like, I'm going to take a shower. And then Jason goes over and just kills her because they had sex. So now you can kill them because they're immoral teens. Right. That was kind of the whole joke in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So that I get to some degree. Um, but the nudity itself, I think, yeah, I'm with you. Fat. I think it's just there to like titillate us because it's the same sort of thing. Right. But I, I'm more okay enjoying that than I was the torture. Like we we're talking about an earlier topic, right, but it's right. still, it's just there to throw stuff in, but I don't think it adds much to it. What always gets me in movies talking about nudity and this kind of goes to, to your point too, Fen. Sometimes it's not necessary to throw it in and sometimes it is necessary and they don't throw it in. And that's what confuses me. Right. So you have these two people and they have this like big sex scene. You don't really show any nudity in the sex scene, right? Because it's all like darkly lit and like kind of artistic. I'm like, that's fine. But then the next morning they wake up and they're all wearing underwear. Hmm. And I'm like, you guys just had this like really long, like 45 minute, like two hour or whatever sex fest. But they're like, oh, that was good. Let me put my underwear back on. I'm going to put my negligee back on. Then go to sleep. Like, no, you're just going to go to sleep, right? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. So it's confusing to me, right? And that would actually show a bit more 
because they're both nude and they're talking with each other. It would show some comfort between the two and then some intimacy. There's things that would, it would actually add to it. They don't show it, which is confusing. Yeah. And then when there is no reason to show it, they do. Like the, the example I always use for people for needless, needless nudity is Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. Oh, you ever, yeah. seen, ever seen Demolition Man? Oh, no. a long time ago. It's a really good movie. It's very smart, actually, too. A very well-made film. It's no nudity, except one point a woman accidentally uh, calls Sylvester Stallone on a video phone, and she's new and goes, oh, and then shuts off the phone. Yeah. Hmm. There's no reason that the, the scene is in there. It's like five seconds long just to show this woman completely nude for no reason at all. It's just the throwing some nudity into the film, which I think goes yeah. to your point. Like Sometimes they're just like, it's already, let's throw some nudity in because it's fun. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Jimmy? <laughs> I know the scene. The scene. I'm, I'm thinking of the scene. because <laughs> Now that so I'm thinking cool. about it, I haven't seen the movie in forever, so now I'm thinking about it. First of all, it, it does stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, right. it makes no sense. Right. But it's also <laughs> funny because she's like, oh, my God. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the Movies, I would recommend you watch it, Ben. It's very, actually very smart. Yeah. It's a lot about consumerism and, like, class stuff. And wrapped up in like an 80s, like, uh, or uh, I think in the 90s, but it has like a real 80s, like, over the top action feel to it. Mm -hmm. But it's actually quite smart, uh, which I enjoy quite a bit. It's always left the mystery, though. How, how with the three shells? Yeah, yeah. Just watch it, man. You'll, you'll you just be never know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as for why in horror in general, I think it's kind of the same reason that people. You know, possibly, um, like, like, I think it's primarily what you said, Finn, where people are like, we want to watch this taboo thing and exercise these demons. Like, we all have violent impulses. We all want to, like, punch that guy who's walking too slow in front of us, right, when we're trying to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, we all see that like, attractive dumb people person. on their phone. Right, exactly. And we always see that attractive person, like, giving us coffee or a waiter or something or a waitress, and we're like, ooh, I wonder what that person looks like naked, just because we're human beings, right? And yeah. that kind of runs through your head. You don't act on it. You don't dwell on it because you're not a creep. But it runs through your head. You're like, or like some of a bitch, like, ooh, and then you just kind of move on. But horror, well, sometimes, like, kind of deal with that, right? Yeah, and sometimes in horror, like, you're following it from the perspective of, a, like, a deranged person. So, like, right, sure. in those cases, it makes sense where that stuff might come up more because you're, like, getting into the mind of this person. Like, in, like, a lot of these cases that we've talked about, it all depends on, like, did you actually think about why you're putting it in? If it was just for the sake of it, then it's probably going to feel clunky unless I'm watching something that's cheesy and, like, can't be and made to be clunky. Or, like, you know, did you think of why you did this? Because, like, if the point is to have, like, some sort of revenge fantasy, like, what that actually looks like is different depending on who you're, like, targeting or who the character is. Like, yeah, you have to just think about what makes sense for the story. Because, like, all of these things, like, we like horror. It, we're not, like, prudes and we don't want to see any of this stuff ever. Like, it makes sense in certain cases. But, like, if you try and shove it in, especially if it's, like, a really delicate topic it can really take you out of it you'll be like whoa why was that necessary it wasn't just like a shocking like holy crap that was like exciting it was just like wait this isn't real anymore <laughs> yeah like why why yeah well, um, i i also wonder if it's less popular nowadays just because nudity is so easily accessible nowadays oh sure less tabular, in the 80s yeah. and 90s if i wanted to see a naked woman it was very difficult for me oh, to do yeah right you know, as a teenager right but, like i was like i was like 15 in 97 right so in 1997, I'm trying to find a nude picture of a girl. It's difficult to do because the internet is not really up and running to the same degree it is now. So I had to buy porn, but I can't buy porn because I'm 15. Yeah. But nowadays, a 15-year-old wants to find porn. There you go. You yeah. Got and we don't use like movie theater and like that sort of stuff as much either, or like have renting movies. Like everything's online, which is also right. where all the naked people are. So right. like, <laughs> there's absolutely no disconnect. Yeah. Well, like if I want to see if I want to see tits, and I'm a 15 year old, then I'm just gonna go see tits. I don't need to go. Ooh, let's go rent like I know, Wild Things with Nev Campbell. Ooh, ooh, ooh. right. <laughs> I love movie because like that was like the big deal because like it was like so much nudity in that film. But nowadays, I'm just like, well, I have the internet, so why do I care about seeing this girl nude? Like, who gives a crap? Like I, I yeah. want to watch a movie for the movies, not the, not the, the you know TNA. And I also think that nowadays people have realized that the um like the amount of nudity isn't necessary. Like like I was like I was saying earlier. Like I think they finally realized that like yeah okay so a nude scene during a nudity during a sex scene or a shower scene that makes sense. But if you're again running around in the forest trying to you know almost being killed by someone, ninety nine percent of the time it's not going to make any sense that you're naked, uh, especially you know if you're like. Like for instance, like uh, um, I'll even give credit to uh, was it uh, Evil Dead? Like, like the whole street rape scene, for instance. Like I don't remember there being any actual like 
super nudity during that scene, even though it's a, again super. But fun. does that scene really need to be in there? No, even okay. Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell vote. Actually, the actors that shot that scene have all come out and been like, "That scene was unnecessary." Like, he, even that Jew does a better job with it because it just kills her. Oh yeah, yeah, which makes sense. It rips her clothes a little her. bit, but not really in like a sexual way. Just rips her clothes because her clothes would rip, and she gets dried off. She gets killed. And you're like, fine, exactly. Yeah, much better. I don't. The first one, I'm like, why would we need to see Trey Branch going up this woman's vagina? Exactly. Yeah, there's no reason. <laughs> I mean, like, if it was targeted for women, that would be very scary. Um, <laughs> like, man, I'm glad I saw this film because this is like what we're gonna do when we get home now, honey. Oh god, <laughs> I want to dress up like a tree. Um, that's just weird. Oh god, Schofield, why? Anyways, this is your fault. It's the rape episode, Jimmy. You already talked about. Yeah. Oh god, wow, Jesus. Um, why did yeah. the first episode ever get aired? Oh, I wonder. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, but like. Like, it's not necessary to right. do that, right? Like, you need to really understand why you're doing it. I mean, I do think a lot of that stuff is very just. I don't want to get into the whole politics of it, but like, you know, I'll, I'll go out and say like I'm I'm as much of a feminist as I can be, being a, being a guy, right? Mm-hmm. But there's just no point, and it really is disrespectful because you're using these women and this mm-hmm. violence towards women in a way to titillate people right. and, and you know, like tantalize them and, and then throw their nudity in there for no reason. There are times where it's necessary. I think there's, there's times where it adds the story. But if you're not doing it for that reason, you shouldn't throw it in. Exactly. Um, and my big thing is, I, I know, Jimmy, I've been talking about Cyberpunk because I just played Cyberpunk the other day. Just finished it. On the stadium? sex scenes. Um, yes. Yeah, I knew we talked about video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple of There's a lot of sex scenes in Cyberpunk um, right. that you have access to. Um, they go on for a while. And really? they are from the first person. And they are pretty damn graphic. And I'm watching them. I'm like, why do we need to have this in here? Right. Right. Like, I still think the the best done sex scenes in video games that are still adult, right, are probably the first Mass Effect and the third Mass Effect. There is nudity in those, right? But it, it just shows the characters. They are nude, right? They are having sex. But it isn't this, like, drawn out, like, pornographic sort of thing. It's just like, you know exactly what's happening. It's quick enough that you understand that this is like a, a sexual thing, and then you move on. Right. The second one goes a little overboard, and it's a little bit too graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first and the third do a good job, and they kind of show this is like a romantic sort of thing. Um, Cyberpunk had romances fairly well, the ones that I saw, but the the sex scenes go on for a while to the point where I'm like, why am I why am I getting like porn here in my video game? This is a little right. much. It's also weird because it's like not necessarily what I would sign up for that. I feel like with like The Witcher going in since it's made by the same people um mm. we're totally switching gears to video games um like it, <laughs> you would go in with kind of that expectation of like you're gonna see some some brisque stuff mm. cyberpunk i know it's made by the same people but like i haven't heard anyone talk about that sort of thing and like there is a subclass i, I don't want to say there's sub but like a, a class of, of people who are like excited for that sort of thing like they want the romance and they want it to be juicy so like that would be a draw for them mm. but like I haven't heard anything like that. Maybe it's just been getting drowned out by I mean, all the other people. I love romance in video games. I love romance in, in, in most things. I've done well, like, though. A lot. Yeah, well, done well, right? right. Like, um, I play a lot of d and I, you know, I play a lot of video games and role-playing stuff. I love romance and all that kind of stuff. I think it adds a lot. Because mm-hmm. if I don't care about the characters, I don't care about the show sure. or the movie or the yeah. game. And romance done well really makes you care about both those people in that relationship because you feel like you know you're kind of invested in what they're their love is or whatever they do a fairly good job in cyberpunk um but yeah it, it isn't it isn't a game that i expected to have a massive romantic uh component to but there is some decent romance in it right. but yeah there's it's it's a little over the top in cyberpunk we, we could have a whole conversation about video games and, and excess in video games in, in another episode but yeah i mean to bring it back to like the, the point with yeah. movies and stuff like if that stuff is important for the character or for the story to move forward. Like most of the time there's ways to handle it without like graphically showing it. Um, sure. But like, it's been so overdone at this point. Like that's the only way to traumatize a woman to like, it's just, even if you wrote a beautiful story and you included it, it's just like so overdone. Like, can't you get a little bit more creative and like think of a different way to traumatize her? Like, yeah. it's just boring at this maybe point. Maybe that's the degree that, that nudity was out as soon as they made species. <laughs> was, that, was that the point? <laughs> that was it. That's where it jumped, the nudity jumped the shark. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, at least at least in species, the nudity makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. as to why it's in there, right? Plot wise, but those are uh, a decent amount in all the species movies. But I'm just like, okay, but this is like ridiculous, ridiculous. But that's also like quintessential '90s like schlock, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, I mean, any other thoughts on the nudity? Because we only got two and a half minutes left. I, mean, I, I was about to say, what's well, your I, topic? I think we've talked about nudity enough. I mean, I do have to ask, is it, is it true that you can, uh, was it, um, you can customize your penis in mm. uh, cyberpunk? Actually, oh, that makes is. a little bit more sense now. Cause I knew that was a big thing about cyberpunk and I was like, why would it matter? <laughs> like with Conan, fun. you were constantly running around and seeing naked people. So it made sense that they had a, a Sean slider, but like for cyberpunk, like, <laughs> Didn't quite make sense unless it was like a cybernetic thing. Because yeah, your your uh, genitalia will be involved in cutscenes. <laughs> oh my god! Weird. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, I think that wraps up our conversation about horror movies. I'm 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 sure we're gonna have like like any good horror movie series. I'm sure that we're gonna have sequels to this episode where we're gonna discuss other topics within the horror films. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, I'm sure you guys will be on again. You know, whenever. I come up with a good topic for you guys to talk about again. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, anytime. All right, cool. All right, and thank you all for watching, listening. Uh, subscribe, uh, ding the bell, or whatever the fuck people say. Oh, actually, I do have to point out, Becca, uh, it does say shit on your pillow, right? <laughs> oh, you've noticed that little Easter egg. Yes. This uh, this is my bag that says full of shit. <laughs> Shout out to my best friend, Yessie, who gave that to me. I enjoyed oh, that. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, see you guys later. All right, bye. Bye.